Limit Break Radio presents The Rogue's Den. With your esteemed host, <laughs> First Lieutenant Kahlo. He's so dreamy. Wait, what? LimitBreakRadio.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second installment of The Rogue's Day. Now, before we begin today, I'm going to uh, announce the lucky numbers. And today's lucky number is 1669730. Oh, what do you know? That's my ticket. Uh, and uh, we want to send out a special thanks to Velix for donating the 500k after selling all of his armor. Thank you very much, Velix. Uh, no problem, but I'm not quite sure how that worked out. Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you about it, but uh, it's all good. So, 500k for me. Sweet. Uh, so, Velix, what have you been up to lately? Um, I was mostly running around, managed to get uh, rank 10 in all three nations now, and then moved back to the only nation that matters of Sandy. And I'm now only one assault away from Captain. There you go, that's the update that I was looking for. On your way to Captain rank, and actually, you, uh, I think you're going to end up beating me. You just got that one. Um, I haven't been working very hardcore to get mine, but I am 10 away, five of which are the first lieutenant ones. Those are the, uh, the hard ones that I'm going to be looking forward to. Alright, so um, as you all know, last time we uh, we discussed you know the basics of Assault and we went over Private Second Class. So today we are going to go over the next rank, which is Private First Class. Now there was a couple minor things that we left out last time that should have been in the introduction to Assaults. Uh, and actually Felix was the one that brought them to my attention. So, Velix, uh, why don't we uh, tell tell people about them? Yeah, a few things that we missed were, um, number one, when you're going into the assault, when you're coming out of it after, like, let's say you're all dead because you screwed up and it kicks you out, all of your buffs, when you get kicked out, will wear. So don't think you're just going to be like, oh, I can just get up with my re-raise once I get kicked out because then you'll be sitting out in whatever staging point you are all dead because your white mage's re-raise was down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the reason for that is uh, you know the same for like salvage when you get sent into an instanced area, it's a different area than where you started, and when you zone dead, your buffs have to wear off. Yeah, the other thing that we missed was the uh, it's known as the tag trick, which is basically the uh, Rytal can only hold three tags at a time, but you can hold an extra tag in your in your key item slot, and then uh, just wait a day, and his third tag will like respawn for him and then you can do four assaults in one day if you maybe have a static who they're trying to go through these all and they can only meet on one day a week yep so four tags total instead of just three if you use your tag trick now so you're probably wondering you know now that we're moving on to the second ranks how exactly do we rank up well what you're going to need to know is about mercenary points every time you complete an assault for the first time you get five points if you complete that same assault a second time Every time thereafter, you only get one point for them. And in order to rank up, you have to accumulate 25 points. So, for example, if you are private second class and you complete all five of the assaults, that equals up to 25. If you decide to do golden salvage five times, then that's five points, and then another four, so that would put you at nine. So, try to keep track of your points because there isn't a, a, a perfectly specific way to know exactly how many you have, but there is a way to get an idea. Yeah, to get your uh, your little idea of how many points you're going to need till next rank, there's a few ways you can do it. First off, you're probably just want to going to keep track of them in like your bizarre comment or something. Just put down like zero of twenty-five. You can keep track that way, and then you don't have to worry about this. And you'll know exactly how many you need. But uh, if you go talk to Abkuba in the Salheem Sentinel's office, 
you can talk to him about your mercenary information, and he gives you the little Square Enix hints about how close you are, how far away you are in his dialogue. For example, if you happen to be like zero to five points away, he'll give you something that sounds along the lines of uh, at your current pace, you know, President Nod is going to have you as your spiky friend's little friend. Uh, you know, you got to dig yourself out of your pit, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of thing. Uh, if you're within five, if you only have five to ten points into your rank, then you're going to uh, get a message that says, you know, you're you're out of the woods, but you're still going to be end up a beaten pulp. Uh, if you end up 10 to 15 points, it says that you've been a good little mercenary and uh, you're getting glowing reports, reports from everybody and uh, you finally pulled yourself up to the borderline between worthless pile of beaten pulp and respectable employee. And then if you are within five points of your rank up, it'll tell you that uh, you're going to have to talk to Naja soon if you keep up the good work. <laughs> Yep, and basically what this means also is that Aniro can stop sending me tells saying, what does this mean when Abkuba says this? I can just tell him to go listen to the Rogue's Den episode. So, you accumulate 25 points. How do you get your rank up? Because it's not as easy as just getting those 25 points. From that point, when you enter the Sentinels or talk to Naja, you're going to get a cutscene for a quest. Now, the private second class to private first class, which is the first rank up mission you're going to get, is pretty easy. You get 25 mercenary points. You talk to Naja for a cutscene, and then she's going to want you to go get an imp wing for her. So it's it's pretty easy. It takes no time at all. And imp wings sell for like one 200 gil on the AH. So it's not too hard. And after that, you will be awarded with your private first cat wildcat badge. Congratulations. Yep. The only thing that should be mentioned with that is that if you do happen to be on TOAU 44 mission and you're still private second class or you're going for your rank up you're not going to be able to rank up until you complete that mission because the mission overrides all of your rank up quests okay and so that basically concludes how you're going to rank up from private second class to private first class and for those of you who are worried that that wasn't you know too difficult wasn't very hard you were expecting a little bit more don't fret, because further down the road, Nasha's going to make up for it. Oh, yes, she will. So without further ado, why don't we get into the prizes and the strategies for our assaults for Private First Class. We're going to start off at uh, the good old Azufile staging point, like we did last time. And this time, we're going for Ori Chalcom Survey, which basically, there's rumor to come in the Lajoam Sanctum, and you have to go find it before the Beastmen do. It's pretty simple. You're going to go in there, and there is a NPC right off the bat. You talk to him, he'll give you a temporary pickaxe item. You can only carry one, and normal pickaxes won't work for this, so you're going to need that pickaxe. There's a bunch of mining points. They kind of roam around all over the map. You go to them, you do your little mining thing, you just touch them. You don't have to use your uh, your little inventory mining pick trick. Uh, you just go touch them. You get the Ori Chalcomore, and that means you win. If you don't, the pickaxe might just break on you, and then you have to go back and get another one. Or a worm can spawn. You can either fight your worm, they don't really have much HP, or you can just run away and leave them there to hang out until somebody else comes along who can kill the worm for you. You can also get some other minor items or nothing, but either way, if you don't get the ore, you got to go back and get a new pickaxe. Yep, so this one isn't really too hard. You know, you get a couple people, and it's basically just going around and spamming until you get it, so it's a pretty easy one. Um, are there any substantial rewards from this one? I'm I think that the storm gauges that uh, or the storm yeah the storm gauges from the triple question mark uh, gloves are pretty nice. They're mainly just a uh, an MP while rest while in assaults gear, kind of like uh, MP recovery while healing plus three is what they give during assaults or salvage. So if you need some nice healing gloves, then uh, you can just go for those. All right, yeah, not bad. 
All right, next is actually probably one of my favorite assaults to do. It is in the Mammal Jaw staging point, and it is Preemptive Strike. Description says a unit of Mammal Jaw soldiers is training in assassination techniques. Destroy them before they can become a threat to the Empress. Basically, you're going to zone into this uh, assault zone, and all Mammal Jaws are called Mammal Jaw executioners, but there are, are actually three types there's Blue Mage, White Mages, and Ninjas. The white mage you can tell because they're the blue kind. The blue mages and ninjas uh, you will be able to tell, you know, once they actually start using moves on you and whatnot. Uh, there are also puck executioners, um, and so there's uh, actually a specific route you're going to want to take to maximize your time and a couple things you want to keep in mind. Now you're going to start out, like in most Mamuldra areas, up on sort of a ledge around the edge of it, and down on the bottom in the middle is where all the pucks are. Now there is a way in order to kill all the Mamul without having to fall down and fight the pucks. Because even though they are pretty weak, they can still eat up your time relatively quick. So you are going to start at I-6. And you're basically just going to follow the path right up until you come to your first Mamul Jot in a corner here. Go ahead and start killing him. Now everyone else should stay here while the next person goes south down the ledge and you should be able to pull two more Mammal Jaw off the edge from there and if you run back to the corner where your party is, the Mammal Jaw will follow you right back up in there, kill those. You're then going to want to head west until you come to a dead end, do not cross the bridge, and from anywhere on there you should be able to pull your fourth Mammal Jaw. I should also mention you're going to be killing 13 Mammal Jaw total, so this is your fourth one. Pull it back to your friends in the corner there, kill it, and then after that, gather up all your little billy goats and head over the bridge into the middle island. Now, on the middle island, you're going to be able to pull one Mammal Jaw, this should be a mage type, from somewhere around the south-southeast side of the island. Pull them up. Again, just stand right on the corner and they'll walk right up. You then want to go, go over to the southwest to the westish side and you should be able to pull another mage type and then a melee type up kill them and that should be mamulja number seven after that you can cross the bridge again and then off the edge to the north will be another one that's number eight then head south a little bit to number ten and at this point your mages might be a little low on mp so have them rest have all the other melee stand right there and what you're gonna want your puller to do is head along the south wall all the way over to coordinates I-8 and pull that Mammal Jaw back to your friends. And that would then be, was that number 8 or 9, Felix? I'm losing count. I think it was number 9. All right, so that should be number 9. Now, from that point, you're going to want to go back north to where that bridge was, but then head east along the edge and finally drop down. Be careful not to aggro any pucks because there are some pucks right there. If you head north from there, there's going to be another ramp going up. You're going to have a ninja and a white mage right there. They can be pulled without linking, but they're not very strong. So pull both of them down, and that's going to be number 11 and 12. Follow that ledge east and north to your final mammal jaw, which is a blue mage. Take him down, and then your rune of release, which is on the bottom, is at a cave at J7. Now, again, you know, this might seem a little overwhelming, overwhelming, might seem like a lot of work, but it's really not, and you actually get a good, usually 1 to 2k XP or limit points, depending. Um, it can be 3-manned if you have some really good DDs and a healer. I've even 3-manned it with 3 straight DDs before, if you all sub-ninja. The only thing you have to be wary of is fire spit that does some damage but otherwise once you get this down and once you have the pulling order down it's it's very very easily done so that's why it's one of my favorites and also gives you a little bit of buffer um did you have anything to add to that one uh, Velix? um 
No, not really. You're right on the... It's pretty easy if you can get, like, some nice DDs. Uh, even Dragoons are nice for this, because if they sub White Mage, they can kind of fill the DD and uh, Mage positions pretty well. Uh, Dancer sub is also nice if you got, like, a Samurai, because then they can become little curing machines. Um, the way I've always done it is just four people, two DDs, like a Red Mage, and then a tank. That works pretty well. Other than that, there's only really one notable reward from it, which comes from the triple question mark necklace, which is the Storm Torque, which in Assaults gives evasion plus seven, which is nice if you're, you know, one of the DDs in this or like a thief and you need some extra evasion. There you go, right there. Yep, you can actually also get spectacles from this, which is uh, the, the accuracy and ranged accuracy plus seven. Um, I don't think they sell for as expensive as they used to, but it's, uh, it's still like 50k, and regardless, it's still a great piece of equipment in and out of Assault. Yep. Uh, next up, after that one, we have probably the most complicated assault you're going to be doing up to this date, and probably for a very long time, which is at Lebros Caverns, and it is Lebros Supplies. The idea here is you start in the middle area, there is a whole bunch of NPCs around the outside of the map. I think there is 12 of them all over the map, and you got to go and feed them. They need a total of 7 points. You get your food... Uh, from the main NPC who's right there when you come in and each food has a different point value There's five points point values range from one to five your white bread Which you're gonna probably get most commonly is worth one point pea soup is worth two points Bison jerky is worth three points coral sub is worth four points and the bison steak is worth five points so it sounds pretty easy you just got to run around but there's fire crawlers in the way the uh, magmatic urukas they're not called that but uh, they're the same model as those and they are true hearing so you ain't sneaking around these suckers until unless you can like get far enough away from them to get by um you can kill them i've never tried i don't know if they respawn because usually a good strategy for this is just get a bunch of people who can wear movement speed enhanced gear if they have it or all sub thief and just flee around trying to feed all the npcs before the crawlers come to devour you and also keep in mind too that with the introduction of wings of the goddess that regardless of what job you have if you have sprinter's boots and can afford or er, and can avoid aggro you have uh, no matter what you job what job you have then you have access to movement speed enhancement yeah the only problem with those is that you know once you do get the aggro your movement speed will wear off unfortunately but if you can manage to get by without aggro for a long time or even have one person who's really good at kiting mobs you can just have them grab everything up and the rest of you can run around you're 12 percent faster and uh try to finish it a bit sooner there's the npcs usually travel in they don't travel anymore sorry they usually the npcs usually hang out in groups uh ranging from two to three members uh they each have different shields they are the spiked buckler which have the little uh spikes on them your regular bucklers which are mostly gray and then your gold bucklers which have a little bit of gold trim on them but they're mainly black that's going to be important to help you determine you know which npc you fed and then what point value they're at so once you all once your entire team gets in there you're going to have probably want to choose one person to keep track of you know npcs and food points and who has what so if you get in there and, you know, you do your party and then somebody has a bison steak and somebody else has a pea soup, well, if you trade the pea soup and the bison steak to one NPC, he will be completely filled and then he's done and you don't have to worry about him ever again. And to trade them to them, you just got to talk to them. They'll give you a little bow emotion and then you can move on. If you fill him up, he'll tell you something along the lines of he was so hungry he thought he'd have to start eating his boots. But uh, other than that, 
that's pretty much what you just got to do over and over and over again. It can kind of get confusing if people end up getting split up. And, you know, I have to rem- you have to remember how many gold, how many food points the gold buckler guy has. You know, did the regular buckler guy get finished? So you're going to want to be pretty organized with this and make sure that all you give all the information and don't try to take it upon yourself to go out and, you know, be the hero and finish it on time or anything like that. Definitely. Uh, some things you have to keep in mind here, again, is um, uh, some key strategies is, like Felix said, get someone to kite the uh, the crawlers. Um, you can also do a suicide or sleep go log out if you take them into a dead end. That way it takes some time to get back to their spots. Um, something else I would also suggest is if you have access to, to Ventrilo or TeamSpeak or Skype and you're doing it with a lot of friends, it's a lot easier to communicate that way. Uh, definitely check out ffxcyclopedia.org and look up this one because they have a lot of nifty uh, maps that will definitely aid you in getting this done. And as Velix said, it's one of the most complicated uh, ones to get done. Uh, you almost always need uh, six people. The pe- some some people that I've talked to have completed it before and after they ninja edit- edited this. Before, it used to take 10 points for each NPC, but now it's only seven points. And uh, the people said that you still should take in 10 people no matter what. Um, so definitely research this one. Don't go off our word alone because one can be a pain in the arse. I haven't even done it yet. Uh, yes, I did it recently for some friends. It's definitely a pain. With the um, the suicide pull or the sleep pull, It's they move incredibly slowly. So if you pulled the entire, like all of the crawlers to some place where there isn't any NPCs or to a place where you've already finished the NPCs, it would probably take them the rest of the assault to like get out of visual visual range of those NPCs. They move incredibly slowly. All right, well that's uh, that's good to know. Um, some of the items to be had from here is the enhancing mantle, mantle, which is HPMP plus ten. It's not too bad, and uh, and the storm cape, which is a pretty big MP boost, MP plus thirty, and when in assault, MP recovered while healing, plus two. So those are some. Uh, some nifty little trinkets to be on the lookout for. And next on our list in Periquia, which is at our Devuka Isle staging point, is Requiem. And Immortal has reported the existence of a large force of undead soldiers. Destroy these undead minions before they can organize an attack on the Empire. Now, just like uh, Preemptive Strike, this is basically just a running around and killing things. Uh, however, it's a little bit different, or in, in my opinion, it's a little bit harder than it is with Preemptive Strike because you're going to have bones, which, as we know, are basically immune to everything except for blunt damage, and there's also some boots, which are, again, I, I'm pretty sure they're immune to blunt damage, so you're going to probably need a, a pretty okay range of of dds here the uh the type of things you're gonna be going up against is you're gonna be going up against ghosts dragoons and dooms which are those big fleshy toad looking things that everybody loves so there's gonna be 18 mobs total and uh this is usually how it ends up going you're gonna start at g9 and if you head south and then down in that very bottom room you're gonna have two skeletons there and some of them have uh some of them are dragoons so they're gonna have wyverns with them and they have about 1k hp each so you don't want to take those out, and uh, remember that you know undeads also have that uh, AOE move where they drain everybody around you. They have the blind, all kind of nasty stuff. So you've all fought undeads before. Take the necessary precautions. Um, if you have monks, definitely gonna want to bring your monk friends along with you. 
You then want to go north and turn to the east, and right there you're going to have two boots. Um, and these can cast up to tier 4 blizzagas, so definitely be careful there. Uh, after you dispatch those, if you go directly south, you're going to have two more skeletons. Go north again, and there will be a dead-end wall, like a little gate blocking the way. So then you want to go east and south for two more skeletons. Take those out, and then head back to the Rune of Release. Now from the Rune of Release, to hit the north wall, go east, and then north, and from right there, you're going to run into two Doom Toads. Now, these usually hit pretty hard, but you're probably not going to get hit anyway, because they're easy to dodge, and they usually go down really quick, so that's one thing that I like about Dooms. Take down the Toads, and continue east, and from here, you're going to be in a little H-shaped area. If you head straight up, you have two more boots, and then right after those, two more skeletons, and then in the final two northeastern rooms, both north and south, you have two more sets of skeletons. Dispatch all of those, and the rune of release is right back where the start point is. So there's not a lot of strategy to it. Just make sure that you have, you know, the healers to keep you healed, and uh, hopefully some monks to uh, to dispatch them, and so that our white mages out there don't get all lippy with us you can also bring white mages along for hexa strike uh cute. yes <laughs> it's cute well you can also bring white mages along for banish because on the boots if anybody's ever fought boots before if you banish them it gets rid of a lot of their physical resistance so your damage will probably double just right there if you just give them a nice little banish two or something yep and um the storm gauges uh also drop from in here so if you uh if you want to grab a pair of those maybe we'll get lucky and get a pair and um, our last mission. Last mission for our private first class rank through is Lamia number 13. Just like Golden Salvage before it, this is one of those ones that kind of ended up being a little bit of a, a niche assault where some people figured out a really easy way to do it and a lot of people just kept going with that. Basically, you're going to start out in the assault and there's Lamia number 13 is wandering around somewhere in the area. you got to go find her first of all. Once you do find her, she has three little friends with her, uh, three volunteer soldiers, uh, and they're all her little minions. But they're not really hers. They're actually they're actually charmed. So you can dispel their charm, and basically that's where the main strategy that comes from this is it's pretty much just a three dispeller. You can take in your like three red mages or three people sub red mage and just dispel them, and they'll start whacking away at Lemia number 13. And then you can charm them again with belly dance, and then you can just undispel. You can just dispel them again, and then they'll just keep going, whacking away. That's probably the easiest and most well-known way to do this one. There's, you can always, you know, go in there and whack away with the NPCs. But then when she does belly dance, there's a chance that you'll get charmed. So you just make sure that your dispellers are on top of things, so that you guys don't go and kill your squishy mages, unless it's red mage, in which case they probably don't have or to worry too much. Or your squishy thieves, Akeem. Ah, uh, yeah. The first time I did this, uh, Akeem got charmed, and he uh, apparently I'm pretty squishy. Really? So that was cool. Yeah, but we still finished it. So yeah, there's um, you can kite Lemia number thirteen around as well and kill him that way as if it's a kited battle. There's a lot of good uh, rocks and obstacles that'll keep her farther away from you so she doesn't get too close. And uh, again, if she belly dances and hits your DDs, just make sure you're on top. You dispel the charm, and then they can go back to whacking away with the uh, the NPCs that are around. Yeah, it's too bad that all charm can't just be dispelled like in this, huh? That would make Dynamis Busidine too easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and actually getting charmed in Dynamis is a lot of fun. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yes. Um, as for any notable drops from these, uh, 
the spectacles again they drop from here so if you're looking for spectacles and you're doing this one there's a chance you could get them here and uh other than that there's some feed called the storm gambrias something around those lines uh they've got strength plus two and hp recovered while healing plus two and those aren't assault effects so those will be active as long as you have the boots equipped yep so uh so not too bad not too nifty and um that actually that uh that is your private first class assaults so make sure you join us and tune in next time as we go into the next rank which is what's the next rank yeah, it's been so long. Uh, the next rank would be Superior Private, I believe. That's right. So join us next time as we talk to you about Superior Private. And uh, before we go, I just wanted to, uh, you know, Felix, why don't you, uh, you want to give a shout out to anybody? I, I kept you pretty tight on the leash in that in that first episode. So if there's anybody want to say hi to, you can, you can go ahead and do that. I would just probably like to say hi to all the people that I forced to listen to this on Midgar from my show <laughs> called Windshire. Uh, I'm glad you all listened to it, and you better like it. Other than that, uh, that's pretty much it, yeah. All right, cool. And uh, I actually wanted to send out a special shout-out for once, too, to uh, Enmyra of Odin and her brother, who doesn't play nearly enough, Torstan. Uh, you need to start playing more. And uh, that's about it. So, as always, this is Kahlo kicking it from the back. Uh, this is Alex. One more assault. I'll do it soon enough. <laughs> All right, so join us next time. Final Fantasy, Tetramaster, and Vanadilla registered trademarks of Square Enix. Square Enix and Play Online are trademarks of Square Enix. Limit Break and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.